0: hi there and welcome to daily dose danny this is episode 8 today i'm very excited to be talking to charlotte and rebecca the founders of parallel 51 they bring versatility to the crazy rush lifestyle we live work and play in mind with the different looks their brand offers it's personal fun and functional welcome to the show charlotte and rebecca
1: you both are lawyers by trade but you started this amazing um female fashion brand tell me a bit more about parallel 51 and why you decided to start it and what some of the pain points were um trying to tackle this while you're so busy with your day jobs as well
2: yeah so I think the main like reason we actually ended up starting a brand partly because we hated our day jobs but also (laughs) because we just felt like we didn't have anything great to wear to the office and we wanted clothing that could really take us from work into the evening or the weekend and especially living somewhere like hong kong which has got such a vibrant lifestyle we just felt like the wardrobe we had couldn't keep up um and i think yeah we that we end because we were working together we would just talk about things like you know there's just not enough good clothes out there and and so with our brand we're trying to redefine workwear and and basically show how you can put put your
1: stamp on your the clothing you wear to work basically um i, I- couldn't agree with you more I feel like being in Hong Kong and Asia especially we're always so rushed for meetings and then social events and then you have to try to run home and change so I just love the idea of what you girls are doing I think it's great that you're considering how women's lifestyles are actually in Asia and trying to solve that problem yeah
3: totally so um you know it really the idea originally came just from um as Charlotte said like we wanted to find kind of Um, good workwear which was like practical affordable but also stylish but then the brand kind of really developed because it wasn't just you know that we needed clothes for the office it was actually how those clothes can go through the day with us um, and actually move with our lifestyle which is why um, you know redefining workwear and creating designs which work for the office is still key to the brand but it's also really focused on just kind of your lifestyle um, and how your wardrobe can can fit with with your lifestyle more generally
1: yeah I think that's so great it's such a empowering brand for a woman I think especially in Asia like I was just telling Charlotte like our lives get so busy here so I love what you're doing um, and it was great to be able to swing by your pop-up store the other day it looked really great I love the clothes yes yeah, thank
3: you so much it was really fun it was such a good week it's the second pop-up that we've done And um, I'm super happy to say it went like just as well as the first one, which was awesome. And we got really, really good feedback. And I think a lot of people, um, especially in Hong Kong, were saying that there just aren't that many brands that are doing what we're doing and kind of um, have the focus that we do have. Um, So it was just really great to kind of get feedback from everyone because it does really motivate us to kind of keep going with it all.
1: Oh, for sure. Positive feedback always helps. And I feel like you just understand more like that you are on the right path and you are providing something that customers are really looking for. So that's really great. I'm yeah. um, excited to to see more pop-ups come up in Hong Kong then. <laughs> are it mostly or always in the street or the area where you were or where was the previous pop-up that you girls did?
3: Yeah, so we did the first one in the same location. Um, and I think Charlotte's also going to be doing um, – pop-ups in new york soon as well so we're going to try and be doing them kind of in new york and hong kong because you know even though we started the brand idea whilst we were both living in hong kong we do really want it to have an international focus um and all the designs have that in mind as well like we we're designing collections which could work kind of
0: you know in london
3: and new york in hong kong wherever um so we'll definitely do more pop-ups in hong kong but also elsewhere
1: Oh, that's exciting. Well, looking forward to seeing more of that. And speaking of Hong Kong and other cities across the world, what are some of the work cultural differences you've experienced while working abroad versus back home? And how does that affect some of the clothing and fashion that you've also decided to design? Um, well, I think we're,
2: you know, coming from the place of corporate lawyers. So there's, not, there's never a great working culture there. Um, we never got a lot of downtime and holidays, but I would say in Asia it was it was a more relaxed office environment um London is just more competition it's more competitive and I think New York is actually going to be way worse so (laughs) I'm not looking forward to going back to work um but I do think it's the kind of what we were saying before is that Asia's got it's so well not Asia Hong Kong is so small that the social scene is so concentrated that you really are hopping from your desk through to drinks all the time um, because it's literally on your doorstep. Um, London is such a spaced out city that really if you're working in the office past 8pm, you're getting a cab home because it's going to take you 50 minutes to get home. I remember that dreaded like 9, 10pm cab back and it's 50 minutes sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, where, so I think... It, it's, it's a weird situation because of the nature of our work and that but I do think that Hong Kong lends itself to a more of a vibrant lifestyle and what Rebecca said before we're, we're trying to tailor for every different culture and all the places that we've lived so it's actually been really helpful to have those experiences when we were designing the the collection. Yeah de- yeah the-
3: sorry just just to add to that I mean I think that's also why um, because we have lived in London and now you know, we both lived in Hong Kong and um, Charlotte lived in New York. We kind of understand, um, you know, what people need from their wardrobes in those different cities and just generally. So um, that's why the collection, you know, we were very thoughtful when we were designing it to make sure that, you know, if you do live in Hong Kong, that the pieces can be, um, you know, easy transition to the evening. But then if you live in London and you tend to be having more of kind of like a formal working environment, um, that the pieces can also be dressed up to suit a more formal working um situation Mm. as well so we really kind of try to bring all of our experience into that when when thinking about the collection and by the way just really quickly i keep calling charlotte charlotte but i actually only ever call her Jabaru. so i'm
2: (laughs) 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 having to really (laughs) well (laughs) i call you fat so i think most people would think that's incredibly horrible (laughs) hello it's
1: okay (laughs) that's so funny well call her whatever makes you feel comfortable on the podcast (laughs) so speaking of different cities um and obviously different climates and stuff like that was that something you considered when you developed the collection like for the heat in Hong Kong or the cold maybe in in London is this something that you'll be developing in your collections going forward or have considered in in the current collections that you have
2: Yeah and I think I think that definitely subconsciously has is in our collection because our clothing was designed when we were both living in Hong Kong and it's definitely a lighter breezier collection than maybe we would have designed if we were living in New York or London during the winter period. Um, And now I live here, I think it's definitely something we're going to put into the collection is more of a, you know, long sleeved options. And, but we do have those options, but we're just going to develop it to be more of a full collection in that regard. But I mean, again, with all our pieces, you can dress them up and down and that's the same for kind of making them warmer. They're basically all really good basics. Mm -hmm. So, there's less of a focus on that but I, I would say being in freezing New York <laughs> there are times where you wish we had like a huge cardigan or something but yeah we're, we're adding things like blazers um to the collection and possibly a long sleeve version of our bodysuits. so things like that will be really helpful I think yeah I th-
3: yeah so yeah um I think the point about kind of the base layering is really key so I do find, I, I remember when I was in London, um, it's really, if you still kind of, you know, want to look stylish, but you want to stay warm, it's really about like good layering. Um, mm. I think actually, you know, even though I the, the kind of designs are that more kind of breathable fabric, easy to move in, um, they do work perfectly as base layers and you can just keep layering up, layering up. So if you are cold, just like keep on adding. <laughs> um, but they yeah. do as well and, um, the collection is seasonless we're not trying to kind of um follow trends or follow seasons necessarily um so it is kind of just designing pieces that you know you could actually just adapt to kind of whatever environment that you're in but Toasty, as strawberry says we're going to add blazers and i think we'd also love to add some knitwear just because i mean
1: we're always a fan yeah knitwear.
3: um but knitwear's the best <laughs> but um
1: yeah yes. And especially with winter arriving in Hong Kong now, I think um, I also like wish, you know, there were more winter stuff as well. But I mean, you guys are still so new. You basically yeah, just recently yeah. started. When when did you actually launch? I think Ooh, it was, that's a good question.
3: 17th of September, I think. So just over like two months ago. Um, You have done so much.
1: Yeah. All, in in two months. <laughs> we are like
3: dying. I mean, I we just, yeah. we're just constantly, there's constantly always something to do. Um, it's really busy, but it's just so much fun. And it honestly is like the best distraction from the day
1: job. So, yeah.
3: yeah, I think we're loving it.
1: Great. So when I came to the pop-up, I know one of my favorite pieces was, I think it was the the... Was it the Mm bodysuit? Yeah. yeah. It was so cute. So that's one of my personal favorites. But what are some of your favorite pieces um, and your best sellers that you think are doing the best? And what do you sort of have in mind, like you said, sweaters and other stuff for the future, what you'll be expanding your collections into?
2: Um, Well, Fats knows better about what's selling well than me because she's running all the pop-ups. But from a personal standpoint, I think – The Marnie skirt was a real labour of love for us because we really, (laughs) it killed us at times, (laughs) creating this skirt that we wanted. We wanted to make the most perfect flattering skirt that, that you could wear to work and you could wear and you would be happy to find yourself in at a client event or at a drinks. And it's not easy. And I think actually if you go through your wardrobe, you will have all these different skirts. and None of them are quite what you want and that's what we found we were going through our wardrobe and just like this one would be good if and so we worked really hard on the skirt and I actually felt like I felt like we'd really achieved it when my um sister-in-law sent me a picture of her a uh, video of her in it and she was like this skirt is just perfectly proportioned it's so flattering and I was like thank goodness um <laughs> mission accomplished yeah that was a real that was a tough because uh, really in like you know it really is a great skirt and it really has had a lot of time spent on it just making it perfect for every shape and also to hug women in the right way where we don't you know our collection is never going to have bodycon in it but we don't want to be everything to be flowy necessarily so it was a perfect line between those two
1: great and Rebecca for you what was some of your favorite pieces
2: you guys worked on um I
3: think probably, well, just in terms of what I wear the most from the collection, um, I would say the the Cara bodysuit, um, the Lexi trousers, and also the Marnie skirt. Um, although, actually, no, now I'm saying that I'm like, I really wear the Alexa wrap all the time. And it's <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you basically love everything. You wear
3: <laughs> all of it all
2: the time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wear the brand every single day, and probably people are so bored. <laughs> I I mean okay partly it's good marketing but partly like it is actually the most like convenient and comfy um and easily styled clothing in my wardrobe um so I'm happy that like you know I'd probably force myself to wear it even if I didn't like it (laughs) but luckily I'm doing it because it does fit perfectly um for my lifestyle for the office for after the after work so I mean yeah I think all pieces we've done really well on I'd like to say but some of it has been an absolute disaster I mean you do not want to see some of the photos and videos of like the design <laughs> through the ages the the Marnie skirt honestly, as Jabru said really killed us at one point I mean we're like okay this next iteration is going to be perfect and it arrived and it was an absolute like dog's dinner I mean it was just so <laughs> it was truly true yeah
1: I'm like I- but that that's part of the process of getting something perfect, yeah. especially you two being girls and understanding what you need. You yeah, know exactly what you want in your mind, and, and it's the, gonna take yeah. so much time to get it there.
2: It? Totally, and all the women out there can thank us when they buy the mask <laughs> for the heart. <laughs> they work can call us up and thank us. <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean, I think also like what Fats was saying, it's um, it is just really wearable clothing and. I think you ran into someone in a bar wearing a full outfit, didn't you? Yes, I did, and it's the
3: best, and it's so nice, and like everyone's just
2: yeah
3: about it. And also, I know this sounds like a small win, but things like it being machine washable—I mean, it really does make it just more convenient um, and just like easy to use and easy to wear, basically. Um, I would say, also very quickly, um, other items which I noticed did well at the pop-up, which do less well online. Um, are the Paloma polo neck I think because when people are at the pop-up they can really feel the fabric and it's super 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 soft and really comfortable which I don't think translates as well online because obviously you can't touch things um touch the fabrics so I just say like if anyone's listening the Paloma polo is really comfy <laughs> <laughs>
2: But we're we're also releasing just to add to that, we're releasing the Lexi in a camel color that I think we're really excited about because I think that's going to be a really good um, addition to the collection. It's just a great camel shade, and obviously everybody loves shades of camel at the moment. So <laughs> I think exactly. it's going to be it's great. Color. <laughs> yeah, it's the color. It's the like millennial pink part two. So
1: exactly, we're following
2: that trend a little
1: bit. <laughs> I mean, but I I just love hearing how quickly you guys got to where you are and how many great ideas you have coming um, as well. So I think, yeah, I mean, with every project that we started evolves and grows as we needed to. So that's just sort of part of the experience of starting your own business, I guess. Mm. And then, Rebecca, so you said um, at your pop-up you had a bestseller. What are some of your customers' favorites when it comes to online?
3: Mm, I think the Alexa wrap is doing very well online. Um and the Lexi trousers. I think and well yeah and the bodysuit roof I, I think those three online. Yeah. The Alexa wrap really I think people loved um from online shopping, which is great. I think because it's the photos online kind of show how to style it and how it can be worn. I think when, you know, some clothes are just when they're on the hanger, it's hard to tell what they look like when they're on. So I feel like online people could see the photos so they can understand how the design looks. Um, I think at the pop up, the Alexa is probably one of those pieces. It's harder to tell how it's going to look. So it's definitely been, I'd say, more of a popular online purchase.
1: Great. Yeah. I mean, I loved going onto your website and seeing other girls or other women sort of different looks they put together. I feel like that's also such a great idea of like the mix and match and see how other people mm. put it together. That's a really cool idea as well. Yeah,
2: we wanted to show, you know, I think it's hard and I think brands have gotten on to this more now. But it's it is hard when you're on a website and you don't feel necessarily represented by the model and so we were trying to show different women real women of different sizes trying on the clothes and how they really look and I think I do think we've done a really good job of that of of representing um but it is something that brands are doing more and more of and I think it's super important
1: yeah yeah Oh, definitely yeah it's more per, like personalized it gives that that you know more community type feel which yeah. I think a lot of brands need to do more of
2: yeah and I think that totally.
3: being personalized is also really key to our brand like we haven't gone for really crazy designs or kind of crazy colors or print because we really wanted to make like a solid base collection which people can bring their own personal style to and put their own print on so all all the pieces are kind of things that should be able to slip quite easily to your existing wardrobe and designs that you know are kind of classic and stylish but that you can then add your own twist to if you wanted to um so I think that element of you know personalization and bringing your own style to the collection is really important to us as well which is why as as Jabri was saying we also wanted to kind of have different models um or rather like real life people um and also tell their own personal story to see You know, how the collection works with their, with their life.
1: Yeah, I think it's great because, I mean, a lot of the girls that are on your website are girls that I often see walking around Hong Kong. And I was like, oh, I know that girl. I've
2: seen
3: her. It so oh, was
2: really personal. That's the beauty of Hong Kong. It's such a exactly. small market. I think soon we're going to have everyone wearing Parallel 51 in Hong Kong. Exactly. <laughs> New York's a bit trickier to do that with. But I just thought it was amazing when um, Fats or, or someone in the bar wearing our clothes it was just so funny because it's such a small world over there
1: um but yeah so true um so on to the next question then what were some of the hurdles you girls faced while starting your own business what advice can you give to someone thinking of starting their own business
0: Hmm.
1: um well I think
2: we were lucky because I think it must be very hard starting a business on your own because they the biggest thing you have is like constant self-doubt, which I'd heard people say before, but it really is like you have moments, especially when we're in development phase of like, why are we doing this? You know, we have really busy day jobs. Why yeah. are we doing this? And you then start wondering if you're crazy and if you are just following a pipe dream. And it's because it's so hard to put yourself out there. And it's hard for everybody in their daily life to do that. And I think with the business, you're really putting everything out to be judged and pulled apart. And it is difficult. You know, even now when something goes wrong or someone doesn't like something, it's still hard. You know, you, you're like, why? You know, so it's it's that was definitely the hardest thing. But I think when you have a friend and you're working in it together, you are there to pick each other up. And I think there's times where, you know, one of us will be feeling more down on something than the other and you have that perspective of someone else saying you know we can do this don't worry um so I think that's been great having one another um to pick each other up basically
3: yeah definitely I think doing like weekly pep talks is becoming something that we do just (laughs) um but it's it's actually it's so strange because I'm trying to think like I don't I don't know that starting it was the hard part. Like we we had the idea and we were really confident with the idea. And so it really is just like, you know, just there's no time like the present. Like you literally just might as well get on and do it. Because you can keep saying like, oh well when this lines up or when this happens, then we'll start. But I really think it's more just about like if you have an idea and you want to do it and you believe in the idea, then you really just need to kind of like take the plunge. Um and I think that step can seem daunting but once you once you do it it, it, it's almost like okay now I'm in it and you're just like going along I do think um the design stage was super super challenging just because you know when you're trying to get the perfect product um it just takes so much time and it is I think especially in the clothing business it's really time consuming um to go through each design and iteration and it could be like one inch here or like a centimeter here it's such there's like small things and and fabrics can have such a massive impact on the design aesthetic so I think that's been one of our probably biggest challenges um Mm -hmm. so far
1: yeah I know what you mean I feel like by putting your ideas out there you make yourself very vulnerable because it's your idea it's your business so um more and more I see people being more vulnerable and, and more open with their ideas online and and that sort of builds good, healthy brands because you 're putting yourself out there and you're being transparent with with what you 're trying to do, so
2: yeah, yeah, totally, so I guess like for advice, I'd just say don't give up, basically, <laughs>
1: exactly keep
2: going, yeah, keep going totally,
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, so um what were some of the biggest obstacles from taking this? from an idea phase to actual execution of your business
2: oh I think I think definitely designing I mean yeah I think designing it was the hardest part and making it perfect Um, we basically would design everything ourselves and go to like a local tailor and and make a prototype and that would then go to a factory and samples would be produced but Honestly, there was so much trial and error at that stage in terms of getting style and fit perfect. And it's not just, you know, we can't just make all the items work for us. You have to get them to work for all these different sizes and, and give them to loads of different friends and say, okay, would you wear this? Are you comfortable in this? Um, we're I mean, especially in Hong Kong, we're so lucky because we just had such a great friendship group and they're all so patient and would try everything on and... <laughs> Send us very detailed videos, which is really useful. <laughs> um So, yeah, and, I, and then obviously, once we were happy with it, which wasn't, it was, it took months, or, you know, I think it did take us months really to get things that we were happy with. And then I obviously moved to New York, which just made everything 10 times harder. We were there doing everything together, and then I had to go to New York. And so that was a bit of a spanner in the works. But once we were happy with something, it goes into production but you know, there's still a lot of learning that's going on even now and, in getting feedback. And that's why it's so valuable when people buy the product to, if they like something, if they would change something, it's every bit of feedback we take on board and we reflect. And we're currently doing a second iteration now, which will be released really soon. And that is reflective of all these little bits of feedback that we've put into it. So super useful.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Like, Thank you so much to friends because honestly, getting all the feedback is just invaluable. And also having them kind of test run the clothes in real life before we actually, you know, put it out there, I think was just, you know, it's just so, so helpful because really we wanted to make sure that this product actually works day to day and does what it should be doing. Um, And I think the other thing I'd say was quite a challenge is like, neither of us are designers. So honestly, some of the designs are like stick people or like <laughs> basically looks like a rectangle. <laughs> manufacturer, help us to make this. So I do think obviously because we're coming at this as, I guess, lawyers, like those skills are not like totally transferable into, you know, designing a clothing line. Um, so we definitely like bumbled our way through it and figured it out, which I'm like glad that we managed to do. But yeah, the design element was was quite difficult.
2: Yeah I think we just knew what we wanted you know we go we were like we want a skirt like this and and we knew everything we wanted it was more about making that into a reality that was hard yeah um so yeah it was it was tricky but we got there and all the designs we've you know created ourselves so it's it's a, a range that is really really special to us.
1: That's so great to hear. I think you you girls put so much passion and care into the products, and that's why it's doing well and and people are really buying into it because, um, it's it's such a brand that's so true to your heart, and I think true to what girls or women need, um, especially you know working and and being social and having such busy lives.
3: Yeah. Totally. So, so, yeah. So just one other thing, which I guess we haven't really mentioned is. We are really keen on kind of doing a conscious approach to fashion. Um, obviously this is like at the forefront of everyone's mind just being sustainable, but we really do think it's kind of crucial that brands move towards that as much as possible. Um, and I do think, you know, as a startup, it's, it can be difficult because sus- being sustainable is a lot more expensive than not, which is probably why, you know, so long brands have kind of, you know, circumventing the yeah. issue. but it is something that we really do want to focus on. And I think the fact that we have done a capsule collection, which is designed for mix and match um, to kind of maximise the most out of each item of clothing and your outfits is our way of at least taking the first step um, to kind of having a more conscious approach to fashion. Um, And also, you know, encouraging people to shop more sustainably rather than, you know, getting a whole wardrobe for work and then a whole nother wardrobe for the weekend. Just thinking of ways that you can just, Bring the wardrobe together as a capsule collection do everything so yeah that's just i think something i wanted to add because it is very important to us as well
1: yeah you're so right i think everyone's trying to look into that but finding feasible affordable um, options to be sustainable isn't always easy and i think that what you girls are doing is sustainable in its own way mm-hmm. Because you're trying to solve that problem of like having 10, 20 different outfits and, and, you know, struggling sort of with, with our activities and the things we need to do. So, I mean, it's, it's a step in the right direction, but, but as yes. you mentioned, I think every company or every business has a long way to go to find a, a feasible way to implement sustainability yeah. with what they are doing. For Sure. Great. So thank you so much for answering all my questions. I really appreciate you girls coming on to the show. Did you have any questions for me regarding digital marketing, um, anything related to to that?
2: Uh, yeah, because we are totally new to digital marketing. So hopefully you can give us lots of good advice. And we know obviously from... We've looked into it. We've spoken to a few people about it. And we know that digital marketing is obviously very important for a new brand, especially. Um, but obviously, we don't have any idea of, of the best ways to use the various marketing channels out there. So what advice would you give to startups like Parallel 51 about approaching digital marketing, marketing generally?
1: So, well, for me, digital marketing starts with a strategy. Um, and once you have a clear vision of your strategy of who your market is, where they live, um, what lifestyle they lead, what channels are they on, um, what type of content do they like? Um, then all of this in the strategy should guide you at the end of the day, then what channels should I be focusing on and should I not be focusing on? Where should I be um, putting my energy in, putting my creativity in? So I think it's important. There's so much to focus on, but the first thing would be is get your strategy right. Um, Figure out where you're going to focus your energy and then sort of build your communication pillars from there and then make sure your communication pillars remain consistent through your social media marketing, your email marketing. Um, campaigns whatever it is you're doing that you're touching base on everything like for you girls you are trying to be sustainable you're offering a work slash social um, wardrobe so communicating pillars that are important to you and your brand and reflect why people should buy your brand is something that should be worked into your visual communication strategy Um, so it's just focusing and honing in on what's important to you and making sure that you're putting that out there for other people to understand and relate to as well.
2: Great. That's really helpful. (laughs) It's definitely something we need to look into more and understand more, but I think your points about finding out what people are doing. And I think that'll be really helpful for us. Yeah, It's
3: interesting. So we were just deliberating this the other day when you
2: like emails.
3: So, Obviously, as a new brand, on day one, we started with, like, two subscribers, which was probably, like, my mum and my dad. <laughs> we <laughs> were, like, wondering kind of how effective email marketing is as a new brand. Because, obviously, your uh, making subscription list isn't, you know, hugely extensive with, like, millions of people on there. Um, but it does take time to kind of put together emails and, you know, send them out frequently. So do you think for a small brand that email marketing is really that helpful? Because the other thing I think is that um, our emails probably go to most people's junk folder. <laughs> Not <by the> way. <laughs> but like that just happens naturally. So I, I don't even think of the my mum and dad that are on the list, that probably my mum's even opening them either. Um, so I'm just, you know, yeah. how effective that really is and should we be putting kind of our efforts and attention into that because we do have very limited time um so yeah that'd be
1: yeah sure so i think email marketing is important in the long run but again there's the the 80 20 rule of go and analyze say after your first month or so go look where were most of your sales leads was it from google was it from facebook was it from instagram was it from your emails And then see, okay, like the highest percentage of sales came through this channel. We're going to try to run some ads or put more effort into this channel because that's driving back to sales. So again, focus on the areas that are giving you the most effective sort of returns for your efforts but for the email marketing you girls could do something very basic as like have a pop-up on your website or on your website banner and just say like sign up and get 10% off your next order or sign up and get um, I don't know um, VIP information or or whatever it is you want to do Um, so having some type of benefit to get people to sign up is not going to be harmful either Um, And then promoting that for a little while and be like, hey, if you sign up, we'll give you a percentage off or you'll be invited to our next um, event or whatever it is that you girls are planning. Um, And so having some type of incentive to get the email marketing going is very much important. And I wouldn't say don't neglect your email marketing because it will be important later on. Um, and it can be effective for some brands. So I would say go analyze it and, and see how mm-hmm. effective it is okay, for you. That's really helpful.
2: So tying, oh. in, tying in with that, I guess part of the reason we've um, been feeling that emails maybe not the most effective channel is partly because everything nowadays seems to be on Instagram and Facebook. And especially with, I mean, influencers now give brands this kind of free marketing um, mm-hmm. and what do you think would be the most effective way for a brand like ours to engage with influencers, and like you say, we don't want to sort of bug people or hound people, so it's a bit of a tough line,
1: yeah, so well, firstly, I wouldn't so the purpose of email of email marketing is very different to say, for instance, your Instagram shop account or your influencer. Mm -hmm. So when, when you do build a strategy, it's going to have multiple layers to it. It's going to have, what is the purpose and the goals for the emails? What is the purpose and the goals for your social shop channels? What is the purpose and the goals for your influencer marketing? So each of those elements have a separate purpose and goal to it. So I wouldn't they, they all need to be streamlined at the end of the day, but they all have very different purposes as well to help support your brand drive sales. So um, if you do decide to reach out to influencers, again, I would go look at who are your customers, what are they doing, um, and then find the influencer that's the best fit for you. And then just reach out via DM or email and just be like, hi, we, we love what you're doing. This is more about our brand. Um, We'd really like to work with you in this and this capacity. We're able to send you some products um, or we have a small budget or we don't have a budget at all. Just be very transparent. Um, And then the influencers normally get back if they like what you're doing and they'd be like, yeah, we'd love to work with you. This is what we have in mind. Um, But I think the most important thing that a lot of people forget is once they've reached out to influencers, they're so excited that they've said yes. That they don't go monitor because afterwards, like, or during the process, you have to be like, okay, thank you so much for working with us. Please tag us on these channels. Please share this link. You have to be sure that it's actually driving back to you, whatever the purpose of the collaboration is. Um, so just making sure that they're using the right information, that you are being tagged, that it's being posted in alignment with whatever your posting schedule was for the activation. Um, so it's also just following up and making sure that the right information's being shared by each influencer. Um, but I would honestly suggest because it takes so much time to onboard influencers and for all the communication and briefing and shoots and whatever, that sometimes it's nice to, to sort of stick to the same one. And maybe work with them on a more long-term basis. Um, and then through that influencer, they could put, potentially have like a code that helps drive back to your sales, but gives her followers a certain amount of discount. So you really have to think of the longevity of it as well and decide what the purpose of the activation is for you guys. For wow, your so brand. much information. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hope it was
2: helpful. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the things we've done wrong. <laughs>
1: Oh no! It's no wrong or right. As we all learn as we go. So for the podcast, oh. Thank your brains. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Well, I hope that answered no, your I... question. Did you have any other oh, questions? We... Yeah. So
2: I think yeah. I. Well, I. Oh, no, I had one more. So... <laughs> <Okay>. you
1: <laughs> You're like Marianne, wait, I've wait. wait we do. But my job is
3: calling, so I'm gonna have to jump off the podcast now. If that's okay cool i'll let you guys go on yeah Call me in later oh okay, okay.
2: Bye. okay. bye um <laughs> so i was just gonna ask you what and i know you spoke about this earlier that you like the Kara bodysuit but i wanted to know you know how and where would you wear it just so that we can get a bit of market research back
1: interesting well i haven't actually tried it on but I think I could wear it because when I spoke to Rebecca, she said that it's it's high enough. Because a lot of my bodysuits like, would show a little bit too much of my, my breasts, for instance. And yeah. I'm like, well, I can't wear that to work. It's too sexy. Yeah. <laughs> but she said that that particular bodysuit is high up enough so that it doesn't show too much. Um, so I think because of that, I'd totally be happy to wear that to work with like a high waisted pants or skirt and maybe a jacket over. Um, But I'd also wear it out because I think it's, you know, it it would look nice and it's got the little sleeves and stuff. So I think I'd wear it to, to both work or out, to be honest. Yeah. It's
2: funny. You bring up the high neck thing.
1: Well, the sort of whatever you call it, the
2: neckline. Um, Yes. Because that was something we changed actually, because we did have a lower neckline and, we it's something that we suddenly thought hang on like if you are wearing this to the office you are going to want it a bit higher and actually some of our bustier friends have been really appreciative of it of it not being a sort of standard low square neck so it's it's flattering but it definitely covers you which i think is uh, the beauty of it
1: yeah cuz I honestly that's probably one of my biggest struggles when I go out shopping. I I like I love bodysuits. I love it's comfortable and everything, but I'm like it's too low. So I can't wear it at work. Mm. So if I buy it it's only maybe if I go out. But then I still struggle to try to find tops to wear underneath it just to cover a bit more. Or I end up trying to stitch it at home and like,
2: <laughs> you know, make it just get creative. Cover
1: more, exactly. Well,
2: so sadly, I think I'm, great. I'm completely flat chested, so I don't have such great problems. <laughs>
1: Uh, (laughs) well I'm just a b-cup so it's not like I have a lot to deal with but I have something to deal with (laughs) and yeah so no but that's why I love what you girls are doing because I think it's a great in-betweener yeah um because definitely a lot of brands don't consider that like I've even gone to Zara the other day and I was like I can't wear this like who do they make the clothes for is it for supermodels because it doesn't fit me (laughs) totally and I think when and
2: I think there's a transition that happens especially as a woman when you've been in your 20s and you've literally thrown on everything and I remember when I first started in corporate law I was literally I mean, I was only 24 when I started and I was going on the Zara sale at Christmas and buying all these little dresses and I'd wear them in the office with skirts, I'm uh, sorry, with tights. And and now I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s and it's different. I don't, I, I had to throw away half my wardrobe when I turned 30. Um, oh, I
1: know what you mean. Well, I, when I moved 20s. to Hong Kong from Korea. My girlfriend was like, Danny, there's you can't take your torn jeans anymore, crop tops are gone. I was like, Really? She's like, Danny, you're 33. I was like, Really? Okay, fine, I guess you're right. I need to be more mature for Hong Kong, yeah. And it's not just like
2: in an old fashioned way, it's more that you just don't want to wear that stuff anymore. And I think it's you're more aware of being comfortable, you know. I, I yes. now actively dress to be comfortable, and I don't think I gave you know a rat's ass about being comfortable in my 20s I I know wanted to be I mean in my early 20s I think yeah I mean I think it's one of these things it's not just like you wake up on when you turn 30 and you suddenly change your wardrobe it's a gradual thing that happens to you and you just think oh like I can't wear tight tops I get bloated I don't want to like I just don't want to be in that situation anymore I'm constantly kind of showing things off and I think that's that definitely went into our collection where it was like it's not it's modest but it's not too modest it's flattering but it's sensible you know you can wear it to the office you can wear it out and you're not gonna feel like you know you're dressed in clothes from Zara which are a little bit too small and tight and I think that's really a big factor in um, our design
0: Thanks so much for joining Daily Dose Episode 8. And we hope you learned something and was inspired as much as I was by Rebecca and Charlotte. And looking very much forward to seeing what they do coming into 2021 and as they launch into different markets. Um, But yes, stay tuned and please do feel free to reach out to me if you'd like to be a guest or know anyone who has an inspiring story that will help motivate and share some insights with the rest of us. Thanks for listening.